encourage you to remain on your feet for just a few minutes as we turn to God's Word this morning. Just a small way that we give attention to God's Word and uh, the authority of His Word as we stand. And He speaks to us, uh, specifically this morning from uh, Philippians chapter 3. And uh, Paul's heart, he's just overwhelming with joy. He's given a charge of, uh, to the church to, to be unified. Uh, and then he is warned against this uh, zealous a group of Judaizers uh, offering a circumcision that is not the circumcision of Christ. Uh, we do not rest in the things of the flesh. Our accomplishments, our status, our family line, none of that secures our favor with God. Uh, our confidence is in Christ. So here in verse 12, he's no longer addressing uh, that challenge directly, but he hasn't left the desire to gain Christ and to know Him more. He's not there yet. There's more knowing of Christ to be done. So we'll start at verse 12 and read through uh, verse 16. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. This is God's word to the apostle. Let's pray together. Lord, we do praise you and lift you high. And we are grateful that you would share your heart with us that you would show us and teach us from your word, that we might grow in the likeness of our Savior. Lord, we need your help in this. We've just heard these words read, but we need the help of your Spirit to apply them, to really hear them, and to embrace them as your word to us. Guide us, we pray, Lord. Make us attentive. Speak faithfully now. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Um, progress is important, don't you think? We all want to see progress. We want to be a part of progress. Some would say that we, we are a part of progress whether we like it or not. And the more we discover about all the things that God has made in the created order through our, our scientific analysis... And the more advanced our technology becomes, the more we learn about human development and human relationships, well, the more progress we make, right? Um, Now, if you scratch your heads a little bit, you go, well, progress toward what? Um, What are we progressing towards? Now, I have to warn you, if you're asking that type of question, Um, because that already begins to threaten the ideology of progress that's growing more and more popular around us. By simple definition, progress is forward movement toward a specific goal, an end in mind. And so that the movement and the changes that are involved in that movement may or may not be progress in reaching the goal. And so in our, much of our contemporary thought regarding uh, you know, the modern civil rights discussion, 
progress is considered the, the gradual betterment of humankind, just as we march through history from day to day to day. Um, so if this is the way that we did things a year ago, or 10 years ago, or 50 years ago, we'll leave them there. That was then, this is now, we're progressing that way. Um, what's the goal? What's the end? Well, we're not really sure. We can't really agree on that, but at least we're progressing. Um, the nation of, uh, of Ecuador, uh, they, they took what many consider to be a very progressive step uh, toward the betterment of humankind. And so the authorities were convinced to rewrite the Constitution in Ecuador. Uh, the people ratified this, that the elements of nature actually have rights. Um, so, thing, you know, I've seen the grass out there and the trees and the animals. Some of those very large insects we have in Arkansas. Bacteria, viruses, they have rights to exist. Here's some of the language. Rather than treating nature as a property under the law, nature in all its life forms has the right to exist, persist, maintain, and regenerate its vital cycles. And we, the people, have the legal authority to enforce these rights on behalf of ecosystems. The ecosystem itself can be named as the defendant. And those that defended this, they said this is a monumental step for, for humanity. I mean, just this whole change of paradigm. This is progress. And that was, that was almost a decade ago. Um, can humanity actually get better? Does the term progress have any meaning without a clearly defined goal, an end state? See, the Apostle Paul is all in to progress. But for those who have been found in Christ and who have their identity in Jesus, that progress looks remarkably different. In reality, the very term progress is recovered in the life of the Christian. Its meaning is actually restored as forward movement or improvement upon the human condition. So what does that look like? What does progress look like for the Christian? And Paul, he stays very personal here. Gives us some helpful uh, language. Making progress as a Christian means we are in process. We have a renewed focus and our eyes are on that prize. We're in process. Renewed focus and eyes on the prize. I think of the most famous of Aesop's fables. The tortoise and the hare. A hare's a rabbit. Just to clarify that. Um, it's a great story. You know, the hare is just boasting. I'm, I'm the speediest there is. No one can touch me. And finally, the tortoise gets a little annoyed by this and says, well, even you can be beat. By who? You! And so the next morning, the tortoise and the hare, they start their race. And the tortoise takes one small step after another. And the hare sits back. He takes a little nap. And he wakes up with a start. And the tortoise is only about a third of the way down the track. So he decides to have a little lunch. Gets into that food coma, falls asleep again, and he's startled awake. And now, now the tortoise is only a few steps from the finish line. And so he takes off down the track, but he's too late. The tortoise crosses the line before the hare. Slow and steady wins the race is the message. See, the hare thought that he had won the race before it even started. 
He had it in the bag. He had arrived at the finish line with little to no effort at all. I think sometimes as we read letter, a letter like the Philippians, um, you know, we listen to Paul's charge to rejoice and to know Christ more. We, we can get this impression that somehow the apostle had arrived. You know, that, that he could suffer, he could look death in the face with this, this calm and security in Christ because the race was essentially over anyway. It was in the bag, little effort on his part to finish. I mean, he even says to Timothy, I have fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Now, Paul's even closer to death when writing those words. But has he arrived? Is the race of testifying to the gospel of God's grace and knowing Christ more over for Paul? There's no, no way. Not by a long shot. So verse 12 and all the verses that follow, they really cut the legs of any notion that Paul has arrived spiritually or that spiritual perfection is even possible in this life. He says, I'm not there yet. There is more to to knowing Christ and His kingdom to be done. And Paul's not doubting here. He's not hoping that he's going to reach the finish line someday. He's pressing on with expectancy. He doesn't have the, the full knowledge of Christ that he would like to have. Then that's not even going to happen until the resurrection of those who are found in Christ. And so he pursues a knowledge and a joy in Christ with this greater intensity. Uh, but he's not, not perfect in his obedience. Uh, even with his background, even with his status, even with all these accomplishments as a church planner, missionary, He is the first to acknowledge that among sinners, among those most qualified to be judged by a holy God, He is foremost. He wants more of Christ. And so this whole section, He has this race of faith before Him, stretching toward the finish line of eternity with His Lord. And He says, if if you're mature in the Lord, then that's how you're going to think. That's how you're going to approach life. Like that, that word there, in, it's the same word that we translate perfect in verse 12. So the perfect, the mature now, will think this way. They will recognize that they're not there yet. There's more of this race to be run. The mature Christian knows they are always maturing, in process, working out this salvation uh, that God uh, holds uh, for them. So let me ask you, do you believe that? Do you believe that progress in the faith is a process? Okay, the first place to start and the middle place to continue and the last place to end is the same. Okay, wherever you are in that race, it's admitting that you're not there yet. That's the road of discipleship. There's more to know of God's love. There is... There's more of His Word to search. There's more of sin to put to death. We must be honest about our own weakness, our need of God's mercy. See, this is not a step backwards in our faith journey. Hey, Lord, I'm I'm a mess. This part of my life, this relationship with my spouse, this relationship with my kids, my attitude at work, my thought life, the startling reminder of, of what's in my heart by the language that I use. 
Renew a right spirit within me. To do that, to turn from our sin, turn toward Christ, the values of God, that, that's progress in the gospel. It's a step forward toward the finish line. The more we see our sin, the more overwhelmed we are of, by God's grace. Because he, he knows all this stuff about us and still loves us, still holds us in Christ. The Spirit of God just assuring us of that forgiveness. I mean, that, that's like a cannonball into the deep end in the heat of our day-to-day experience. But it's when we think we've arrived, okay, when we, we think there's no longer any need to repent or to seek forgiveness, or maybe we've somehow resolved to be unreconciled with another. Okay, like, like the hare snoozing at the starting line. We find that we've made little to no progress spiritually at all. But it's when we're aware of our sin, that we are not what we ought to be, that the Spirit of God is working, working in us what He desires us to be. See, God will work this maturity in us. He has, he has a way of showing us when we think we've arrived spiritually. So how, how honest are we with ourselves? Are you willing to be vulnerable enough so that the grace of God is magnified? That's progress. It may be the the strongest bridges we have with the skeptical and the unbelieving who does not see their need, comprehend their need before God. Look at my need. Look at your need. we, We are beggars who have been given the bread of life. And now we say to others, come on, come on, let me, let me show you the source of this bread. Let me show you where it's found. The path of faith is this way. Progress is this direction. So then Paul reiterates in verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. So progress for the Christian is a renewed focus, a, a singular focus to what lies ahead. Now the picture here is of, of that runner who is heading towards the finish line. He's not worried about the, the ground that, that he or she has, has covered that's behind them, but only what lies ahead. I mean, they tell this to runners. Some of you who are runners in training, don't look back. Okay, look, look at what's coming. Look at the adjustments you may need to make along the course. Um, now, Paul, Paul's not saying with these words to just forget all of your past experiences. Just forget the past altogether. Like, like when you submitted your life to Christ and some of those significant events along the journey, forgetting what lies behind means he's not, he's not resting in those past experiences as his strength. That's not where his confidence lies. Um, and this, I think, where the, where the picture of running a race or, or making that long journey towards a goal, I think it breaks down a little bit here because looking back is natural for us. There are times when it's reasonable to look back. If you're scaling a a mountain or some of the hills we have here in Arkansas and you stop and you you look back, and actually when you see the ground that you've covered, it can be encouraging to continue the journey or discouraging depending on how far you've made it up the hill. Um, So sometimes we do look back, but but if you stand there and you just relish the distance you've come, you're not going to make it to the top. You're not going to keep going. 
You know, and the sun's moving. You don't have all the time in the world. Um, the apostle is not, he's not reaching back and trying to live off these past experiences. He's actively thinking upon Christ. Pressing forward. The imagery here is just crystal clear. Straining, stretching towards that finish line um, with all that he has. I remember a t-shirt that my friend used to wear. You've probably seen this a picture before. Maybe you had the t-shirt. Um, but it's of these fish. And all the dangerous, creepy-looking fish are swimming this direction. You know, the sharks and the barracudas and the piranhas, things like that. And then there's this one little fish swimming that direction who's not very intimidating at all or scary to look at. Uh, and, and the message of the t-shirt was, you know, that, you know that, that, that was a little Christian fish swimming upstream, you know, swimming a, against the flow. Um, and it may not be the best picture uh, for other reasons, but I like it here because it shows focus and intentionality. Uh, for that little fish to, to swim that direction when all those other big scary fish are that close, uh, it would take focus. Lots of distractions. It'd be very easy for that little fish to look at all the others and say, you know what, I'm going I'm to swim this way. Progress is this way. I, wherever that happens to be, I'm going to go with the flow. Um, straining toward what is ahead. Not, not living for what is, was back there. Stay focused. Um, takes a careful assessment on what may be distracting, what may be pressing in close on this journey. Uh, that piggybacks nicely into our last point. But I want to consider, you know, where's your focus right now? Where has your focus been on the race of faith? Paul is willing to re-examine. He wants to ensure that he's still progressing. Are you and I willing to do that? Self-examination. Are we, if we're going to progress, then we're always examining our heart. Our attitudes and our motives. Say, well, you know, I, I remember my conversion and I was baptized at such and such a place at such and such a time. I've had a fairly decent church record since then, so it's just going to kind of work out. Um, I mean, do you hear the confidence there in the past? Maybe it looks like this. Um, you know, we're not guilty of those sins. I mean, the, the ticker tape, newsflash sins. We're not guilty of those, maybe. So we begin, to, we begin to settle in, kind of content with giving very little attention to the less obvious sins. You know, everybody does that. Uh, fish keep swimming that direction. But if we're going to keep focused on what lies ahead, we need, we need to be about regular heart examination. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Progress for the Christian means our eyes are on the prize. Um, Paul had a goal in mind. He was looking forward to that crown. I mean, in, in foot races of, of this time that Paul is writing, the, the winner of the race would receive a, a wreath either to wear on, on the head or around the neck. Paul's goal, his prize, is the glory of the age to come, that crown of righteousness that perfect and eternal communion with the Lord. Uh, most of you know the story of Eric Little. He was a, a missionary in China. He was also a, an Olympian. Uh, his story was made uh, famous through the film Chariots of Fire. When I run, I can feel his pleasure. One of the most famous lines uh, from that story. 
But when Eric was qualifying for the 400-meter dash, uh, early on in the race, he tripped, fell to the, fell to the ground. And the whole group moves on. But he gets up and he chases them down. And towards the end, he, with every ounce of energy he has, he's just flailing and crosses the finish line first and just collapses into the arms of those who are waiting for him. Um, Paul is running to just collapse in praise, to sink into the arms of his Savior. I mean, he'll enter into the joy of his master. That is the goal. The upward call of God is the faith that God works, but it's also the promise of that faith. To know and embrace the Lord Jesus who has made him his own. Who has made all those of faith his own. Ephesians chapter 1, he says, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And Peter would write in uh, chapter 5 of his first letter, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. That's the goal. That's the prize, church. By faith we are found in Christ. We're being perfected in Christ. And we are destined for glory in Christ. So this inheritance, the prize is already ours, but we press on to see it. To make it our own. See, all all this pressing on, standing firm, working out our salvation, it is planted on the solid rock certainty of being in Christ. Um, All our progress toward the prize of resurrected life is in response to being found in Jesus. See, when our eyes are on the prize, we're we're not as quick to compare ourselves to others. Um, this, This chops at the roots of envy, and jealousy. Because what we have is so much better. So much better what is to come. The grace of God compels us on uh, to press on, to progress uh, on this journey. You know, I was thinking a little bit more about progress. And um, maybe there actually is a goal to the progressive thought of our time. Um, maybe we simply consider the progress of humanity. Genesis 6, we hear that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So God renews his covenant. By the end of Judges, we read, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Progress. In his mercy, God gives his people a king. But even the king, after his own heart, would say in Psalm 51, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Progress? Progress in captivity, how about? We hear the words of the prophet Jeremiah. He says, Cursed is the man who who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And then, under the new covenant... When the king who reigns forever and ever arrives, Paul writes in Romans, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. Just a couple more verses in chapter, nine, uh, excuse me, chapter 3 of Philippians 3.19. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Do you hear the progress? 
the heart and mind enslaved to sin, captive to the evil one, there is progress to displace what is true and good and beautiful. To displace God with the creature. Autonomous man, a a betterment of our own design. Church, it is not so for the children of God. There's a different goal, a greater prize, and by the Spirit of God, a progress in that direction. Okay, so so the timeline of history marches on. You're not going to get this last hour back. You won't get today back. You won't get this next week back. What track of progress are you on? Change for the sake of change? Sort of movement towards a, a better you of your design? Hope it works out? Or is your goal clear? Are your eyes on the prize with an end state that is more glorious and beautiful than you can possibly imagine? Um, The prize that Christ has secured for us. Jesus has made us His own. He is making us more and more like Him. Okay, That finish line is in sight. Press on. Press on to it. Here, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Master. What a prize. Joy and rest in the crown of glory placed there by the King Himself. To reach that goal. Now that is progress. Are you going to take that next step? Let's pray together. Lord, we are reminded that the only real progress that can be made is progress in You. Lord, the only betterment and encouragement in life it comes from you that you have given to us in Christ so Lord keep us focused continue to work in us with our eyes on the prize we look to you our Savior help us to walk in faithfulness together as we run this race of grace in this journey of faith we thank you for this word in Christ's name Amen